We've been looking at um, praying like a disciple. And um, this is sort of regurgitated a lot of stuff for me because I remember doing this at Bible College in 1996, 97. And, uh, and so it's uh, really sort of uh, challenged me once again. And, um, and the Lord's Prayer has always been something near to my heart, I think, from since that point, really, uh, in anything I do about kingdom, because we are kingdom people. And if we lose sight of that, okay, this prayer won't mean a lot to us. If we lose sight of kingdom, this prayer doesn't mean anything. Does that shock you? Oh, good. <laughs> and I'll explain as we go on, because it is really, really important. Uh, obviously, one of the disciples didn't know how to pray, so uh, Jesus said, or he said to the Jesus, rather, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his followers to pray. And this, this prayer is a framework. It's a framework for us. It's not a formula, but it's a framework for us to base our prayer life on so that we are effective in kingdom. Uh, I've got a couple of uh, versions here. Okay. There's a couple of versions, one in Luke and one in Matthew. I'll read the Matthew one. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I think this prayer is so challenging. So challenging. If you've got problems with people at work, if you've got problems with family members, it says, forgive. <coughs> and sometimes we get caught up so much in, about ourselves, okay? So this prayer is really challenging in how we live and how we work out our relationships in our homes, but also in the workplace as well. Larry Lee, the father of the modern prayer movement and one of the first mega church builders, summed it up like this. If we pray the Lord's Prayer as it should be prayed, we choose to obey the major messages of Christ's life and ministry. We sanctify the name of our God in our worship and in our walk. We repent, place God's priorities before our own and become part of his kingdom movement we set our wills to forgive and live in the right relationship with God and others. We tenaciously pray specific prayers for our daily provision, clad in the whole armour of God and encircled by his hedge of protection. We resist temptation and defeat the devil and his evil powers. And we give praise to God, our Father, who has made us partakers in his kingdom, his power and his glory. This, as I've been reading this, sort of blows my mind a bit, really, that he makes us partakers in his kingdom, okay? His power and his glory. The fact that God wants to share his purpose and plans with us as his children is just absolutely amazing. Because we know what we're like, don't we? We know that we fail. We know that we mess up. Even in our good times, we can still fail and we can mess up. But God chooses to use you and me 
And it's really incredible that I think that God wants us to work with him in, in partnership in this way. The setting and the context in which Jesus gave this teaching followed directly after the disciples had been sent out to proclaim the gospel or the gospel of the kingdom. Like I say, if we lose sight of this fact that we are here, okay, to, to share kingdom and go out into the world and to affect people's lives with the, with the love of God, okay, if we lose sight of that, like I say, this prayer doesn't really mean an awful lot at all. This teaching was Jesus' answers to those who were engaged on the front line. These are the disciples who have been sent out, two by two. They've been gone out. And this is why they saying, Lord, teach us to pray. They realized that they needed help. They needed support. They needed God's anointing on their lives to go out to make a difference in the world in which they lived. And so on the back of all what they experienced, they asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And if you haven't noticed, we are out there in the kingdom, in the world, sharing God and his power and his love. We, are, we pray those prayers, Lord, let your kingdom come through me, in me, this day, in Jesus' name, amen. We are on the front line. And if you notice in the news and stuff, you, you can't uh, not notice it. My mum has sort of got to that place in life where she doesn't really want to know what's going on in the world anymore. She's 98. Okay, and she's sort of uh, lost connection with a lot of things because she thinks that the, the, the world is a terrible place and a horrible place. And it is. In some ways, it is. Okay, and so we live in that situation in your workplace. You don't have to go very far from one desk or counter, whatever it is in the factory, whatever it may be in the school. It soon can become apparent. Okay, that we're living in a place where it's not just about flesh and blood, but it's about principalities and it's about powers. And we have been sent on the front line. So if you're not getting any flack, I'll ask you a question. Are you on the front line? You don't go on the front line to have a party, but we're on the front line, aren't we? And there's flack flying around everywhere. So if life is really, really easy, I'm terrible in that. I'm expecting to encourage, am I? Okay. <laughs> it's, good to ask, yeah, it's good to ask these questions sometimes, you know. Uh, and uh, we, it's not that we want, you know, we want a terrible existence. We don't want things to go wrong all the time. We want people to shout at us and moan at us and make us feel, uh, you know, terrible. No, we don't want to do that. But you know what I mean? There's, there's, gonna be, there's always going to be an action, a reaction, if we're out there with lights, we will affect people. If we're salt, we will affect people's lives. And we mustn't expect that everything is going hunky-dory all the time. You know what I mean, don't you? Okay, so they're on the front line of a spiritual battle. You and I are on the front line of a spiritual battle. And this is serious kingdom activity that we're involved in. This is not a game. This is not where we play church. This is not pretending to do good things, okay? We are out there to make a difference in the world. And this is what this prayer is about. And also, this prayer oozes structure. Yeah? Oozes structure. You know, people don't like structure. Let it all hang out, free and easy, you know. Okay? 
structure. It's what keeps everything up, what keeps everything together. And if you look at this prayer, you will see structure. And this structure helps us in our life to pray. It helps us to be people who will make a difference in our world. Something that prayer is purely inspirational. It is inspirational, but also we connect our brain and we connect those things together to pray for what God wants upon this earth. Jesus taught a clear structure of basic principles. It's not a collection or a load of suggestions, but this is clear direction from the Master himself to his disciples to enable us to pray effectively in the world in which we live. So, the first principle last week we, we did was um, our Father. Okay? And uh, we spoke about our Father, and this talked about perspective. This centers our mind. This centers a whole part of our being upon the person who really matters, and that is Jesus. Our perspective is Him, okay, and His work, His kingdom. And we looked at how important it is, okay, to understand God as our Father. He is a loving Father, isn't He? We rejoice this morning in a Father who loves us. Amen. He is a righteous Father. Praise God, He is righteous. He makes us right as well. He is a forgiving Father. Okay. He is a comforting Father. He is an encouraging Father. And He is a compassionate Father. And He is a generous Father. And this morning we want to say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are all those things this morning. And we rejoice in our Father. Dave reminded us that we don't liken the Father God in heaven to a Father who may have failed us upon this earth. We don't make comparisons. But you know, so many times we do. There's something inside, deep, deep seated inside of us that doubts, okay, Father. And this can affect us in our life as Christians in our life. And we need to get these things sorted out. Sort them out. Okay, if there's doubts about you in your minds and things, about the, how good God is, your Father is, okay, because of the experiences that you may have had in your life, I really encourage you, and this may seem really hard, sort it out. We haven't got time, okay, to mess around. And I don't being hard here, because, you know, things can uh, uh, affect us in our life. They can sideline us in our life because of our experiences in our life. But if we are real with God, okay, God will be real with us. If there are disappointments in your life, if there are certain things in your life that have really affected you and the way you, you, you sort of approach God as your father or even in, in the way you approach each other in this place, sort them out. Sometimes we can say, oh, well, you know, this, this will happen to me and uh, this, is, this, this is the way I am. no. God can change us. Okay, we're here because of change. God changes us, all right? 
And we must never, ever think of ourselves as a prisoner of someone who's failed or whatever. We have to think of ourselves as a child of the living God, the child of God, okay, our Father in heaven. He wants to bless us. He wants to deliver us. He wants to save us. And he wants to heal us. So if there's anything in your life this morning, as I'm speaking, I pray that God the Holy Spirit will speak into your life and into your heart. And as you reach out to him, Believe, right? Believe that God will deliver you. Deliver you. Okay, thank God for, you know, seeking people's help and support in the world in which you live. Thank God for those people who spend hours and time with people who need counselling and help and support. Thank God for those people. But God is our deliverer. Let God deliver you. If there's things in your heart, ask God that he may deliver you in the name of Jesus this morning. In this meeting this morning, Holy Spirit, come that we may hear from you in Jesus' name. Enjoying the benefits of God our Father. I, I, I love being with my dad, you know. There were times, you know, when we used to go out, when we'd go on holiday. He never used to tell us when we were going away at the weekend or... For the, for the day. They never used to tell us. Used to wake us up at half past five, six o'clock in the morning. Come on, come on, we're going away. We're going on holiday. And suddenly we'd be bundled in, our, in the car with our pyjamas still on. <sighs> still sort of feeling all whatever. Those days were so good to me. My dad taking me away on holiday. Hey, good memories of my father. I thank God for those memories. And you know, and there are many benefits that we enjoy from our God. We belong, okay? We are not. We are a child of, of, of our living God. We are not pretenders. We are not illegitimate. We are true sons and daughters of the living God this morning. And we cry hallelujah and praise God this morning because of all he has done. We are bold. We sing this song in um, school, Be Bold, Be Strong. And I remind the children that the word is bold and not bald. Okay, uh-huh. and um, but yeah, we can approach God. Okay, uh, we can be brave. Are you brave when you approach your father? Are you daring? Daring to ask for certain things? Are you audacious? Okay, be bold when you approach your father. We can approach God with confidence. Because he loves us. We are free sons. We are not slaves. We have no chains. We are free. And so as we come and approach our Lord and our God and our Father, we come to him in the way that we are bold and brave. We are adopted sons. We are heirs of all that he has this morning. Okay. We are heirs. We are rich. Very, very rich this morning because we are heirs of the Father, our God in heaven. And we enjoy the blessings, okay? Uh, We have all the resources of heaven behind us. Everything that we need in life, God will give it. He doesn't think, oh no, he upset me the other day. Or she, or she, remember, she went on and on and on and on the other day in prayer. She can wait. Our God, our Father, is not like that, right? He, we enjoy the blessings of God. We have all the resources of heaven for us in our life. 
So if we haven't got, what do we do? We, yeah, simple in it really. I'm going to sit down now. Okay, we ask, yes, we ask, just ask. So our perspective is our Father in heaven. He longs to spend time with us. Dave reminded us about last week, just us and him, where we can make praise and thankfulness a priority in our life. Thanking him for Jesus, for his constant, never-ending love, all right, that he will never Never, never, never abandon you. Doesn't matter where you go, whatever you do, he will search the earth for you. He will never, ever leave you. So, as we think about Father then, picture Calvary and thank God. Your Savior on a cross, given himself. He gave himself. No one took his life from him. He gave his life. Okay, he did it for you and he did it for me. You can call him Father by the virtue of the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood that he shed. And we can thank God that we are sons and we are daughters of God and therefore heirs to his promises. That is our Father this morning. What a great Father. He is a great Father. So, hallowed be your name. It's the second point which I want to speak about. Talking about promises. You know, names are really important. I, I had a good conversation with Johnson, okay, on Friday. And we were got talking about names. I, I do have a good conversation with Johnson sometimes. And um, sometimes he makes a sense, but sometimes he doesn't make any sense. And... <laughs> um, names are important. And um, in this, it got sort of, we got talking about society and the Indian society and the importance that we place on names. Now, when I go into some schools, they say to me, uh, what, how shall we introduce you? So I've got a few good ideas about how they could introduce <laughs> me. <coughs> but I, I say, well, you know, I, I'm usually known by Richard, but if you want to use Mr. Kinning, that's fine. Some schools prefer to be formal. Uh, and they, uh, they introduced me as Mr. Kinning. Okay. Now, of course, their point in this is that they want to show respect. All right. They really want to respect Mr. Kinning. All right. And uh, and, and oftentimes, you know, we 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 refer to our parents. I mean, some people call their parents by their first names now. Uh, you know, and sometimes their children, you know, call their mums and dads. Uh, as you say, uh, by their first names. Uh, sometimes we, we don't have the formalities of Mr. and Mrs. or Miss or whatever it might be. And, you know, we are not a, we're not a formalized people, I understand that. But the point I'm trying to make is, you know, sometimes we can become over-familiar. Okay, and we can become over-familiar with the name of God as well. And I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to sort of you know, go into the trying to search your heart and your soul about all this stuff. But you know what I mean? But, you know, God, is, is God our mate? And, and I, you know, I, God is our friend. It's, it's a lot of things which we'll discover in a little while. But the point I'm trying to make is this. Can we become too, too familiar with the name of God? Even in its use. And I don't, you know, I don't want to go into all that stuff. But you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to say this. 
Do we respect the name of God? Names are really, really important. And promises, these promises, uh, the, the, you know, God who says he is these things, understanding the Father's potential and his cap- capacities, his abilities, his assurances, his guarantees, his agreements. This is our God. He's not our mate, but he is our friend. You, get, you know what I'm trying to say. And sometimes even in our language, the things that we say, okay, we need to be careful about the name, our God, okay? He is the God. He is the Almighty. He is the Eternal One. He is the Creator of the world. He is our Father. And I would never, you know, I, would, I call my dad mate sometimes. I, I worked with my dad for about 10 months or so. And it was a joy to work with him. I don't know whether it was a, him for joy for me to work for him. <laughs> but it, it, it was great. And, you know, we, we, did, we carried on as like a mate because, you know, mates sort of help and support one another. And so I understand, you know, why people might call, you know, God mate. But you understand what I'm trying to say. And, and it's very important how we come into the Father's presence, okay? How we come before him. It's very important. So, there is something here, perhaps, uh, that uh, we get the first part, the address. Uh, we say our Father. And then we come and petitions. Uh, we petition God's glory, okay? And so, the starting point is very important in life. And to many to begin praying with a list of confessions and failings and is, is a terrible thing. Sometimes we come into God's presence and all we tell God is how bad we are. Yeah? So, so then we wonder why we don't enjoy praying much. Because <laughs> the time we get to our prayers, we feel terrible about ourselves. Oh, I'm unworthy. Oh, I'm this, I'm that, you know, whatever. Okay? And it's interesting, you see, this prayer doesn't start off with anything to do with us. It's all about God. And so you see, God is giving you structure, giving me structure in how to approach the presence of God. I don't come, we don't come with our, all our, I wants, I wants, I wants. We come to him and we glorify his name. And sometimes... This whole thing about, uh, you know, confessions and failures and unworthiness, okay, it diverts our attention uh, on ourselves rather than upon God. It also provides the devil, the enemy of our soul, with an opportunity to bring accusations and to bring bondage in our life. He wants to tie us up. He wants to enable us, not enable us, he wants to disable us, okay? So it's important that we come to God in this framework, Because it's important, because it points us, directs us towards God himself. Of course, we must confess our sins. We must confess if there are things that we we know that we need to put right. But here, the start is our Father. And then we talk about his name. So we we see here a pattern emerging. So first of all, it's in this prayer, it's your name, your kingdom, your will. Okay, before we get to ever what we want. <laughs> and so our attention is not on ourselves, it's upon him. 
upon our Lord. So, you know, we come then, we come to forgive us, and we, we say, lead us and uh, deliver us and all those sorts of things. So, first of all, I want to just look at it in the points of, of uh, worship. Okay, is a lesson. This lesson here is, is more important than we think. It's, if in true worship, the Father must be first, and he must be all. The sooner we learn to forget uh, about ourselves and our needs at this point, and having the desire that he might be glorified, the richer, the deeper, the more fruitful, the more intense. You know coffee, right? Okay, coffee. Just come to me, coffee. I like coffee, and I buy you know, some pods or something, whatever. And you can get these coffees that are, are various strengths. You know, they have more fruity, uh, or they can be more intense. Okay? And I like intense coffee. I like strong, all right? And, you know, when it comes to, uh, to God, okay, he wants to give us the best in all things. He wants to give us the best experience. And so God wants to make your experience with God and your time with him, all those things, intense, deeper, fruitful, fuller, richer. This is the exciting part. And so oftentimes we can forget these things. The Rev. Andrew Murray said these words, Lord, teach us uh, to pray. No one ever loses by what he sacrifices to the Father. Whatever we sacrifice, it's never something, it's not really a sacrifice, is it? Is it? I don't think so, really? No. Because God wants to bless us. We can never outgive God. And, you know, this whole thing about uh, Lord teaching us to pray, we never lose by what we sacrifice to the Father. Just the expressions of Father. Do we use God only? You know, sometimes, dear God, does that sound a bit hard, a bit harsh? Does Father sound more intimate? Sometimes the words that we use can say a lot about us, you know. And so when we come before him, it's, I believe, it's our father. God can be someone who's distant. Father is someone who's near. Just my little tweak there, okay. Um, important, hallowed be your name, inspires worship, praise and gratitude. It reaffirms our sense of sonship. When we say Father, really important. So, the second point is. I, no, I don't know. Okay, yes. Again, this whole thing about Father and about Abba Father speaks about this. Dave talked about last week about this intimate room, about going into a, a room. We, we think, okay, I'm going to space by myself, I'm going to go into this room, whether it's a physical one or whether it's just a whatever room, a virtual one. Okay, we go into a room and this is where we spend intimate time with our father. Abba, father, daddy, all right? Like I said, I love to be with my dad. I trust that my kids like to be with me <laughs> when I was younger and my daughter as well, okay? It's, it's really important, you know, this word contains such intimate language and this is the, what God wants from us. He wants us to be intimately uh, 
in, in, involved in the process of relationship between him and us. He wants to share things with us. He wants to give us himself to us. He wants to help us understand things. He wants us to understand the love okay, of being in the Father's presence. So I sort of looked at um, a few names and um, I sort of thought to myself, okay, well, I looked at the word David, all right? David means beloved or friend. Richard means strong, powerful, and brave. (laughs) Okay. Zana, man's defender. Jane. All right, and when when I read this out, I want you to give a praise to God in a minute, okay? This is what Jane means. Jehovah has been gracious, has shown favour. There's more in the name than we think. All right? There's more in the name, Jane, than you think. Yes. Johnson, God is gracious. Amen. Siji, I laugh when I read this one. Siji, driver, in charge, head. Elliot, my God is the Lord. Jehovah is God. Amen. One of the richest sources of revelation which God has given us are names concerning himself. And I believe, you know, the, 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 a, lot of cust- a lot of cultures around the world, Africans, uh, Indians, they place a lot of importance upon names. Yeah? And they, gave, they give these names because they feel that God is laying certain names upon their, their children. And it's not because it's just a name. It's what it sort of describes them. It's what they feel that God is wanting them to be. It describes them. And they live out their name. We pray that God will live out their name in their life. Our names mean an awful lot. Look yourself, look your name up. Sometimes they got... Uh, sort of a Hebrew name. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, other places, yeah, Latin, whatever. Um, I mean, I know some of the, some of the uh, you know, people's names. There's, I come across one name the other day. Uh, obviously, their father was a mechanic, and the child's name was Sump. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, don't go too far with it, but you know what I mean? But I do believe, okay... That God, okay, that God, uh, uh, our names do mean an awful lot, okay? And I believe God wants us to live out in our names. And so, one of the richest sources of revelation which God has given concerning himself are those which relate to the names of God. And the name in scripture is often significant of the nature of that person. You know, we, we were talking again, weren't we, uh, Johnson, about, you know, Abraham changed his name, okay? Other people changed their names in the Bible. God changed their names in the Bible because it was significant, because it described them and what, they were, what their purpose was. So names are important. So God made himself known by his names and titles. And this provides us okay, with okay, uh, two uh, areas. First one is uh, his names are creatorship or they are elohistic. 
Eloistic. And I don't want to get into all this, but the relationship of God with his creation or creatures. For example, the word uh, El Shaddai, okay, which we'll come to in a little while. They have a meaning, a description of who God is. So El, El, okay, uh, it means, uh, signifies to be strong, powerful, and mighty, right? So the Father is El, the Son is El, and so is the Holy Spirit, El. Strong, powerful, mighty, a description of our God and our Lord. The word Elohim, this word describes the name of God as a plurality. So, in the beginning, uh, Genesis chapter 1, 1, it says, In the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. This word is used about two and a half thousand times in the Old Testament. And it just gives an indication as to the God that we serve. Okay? So, God Almighty, our Father in heaven, our Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit are all part of the Godhead describes God as a plurality, but being one God. And we see these names in all areas of the Bible, El Shaddai, God Almighty, God All-Sufficient. And when you're in a place of prayer and you need encouragement and you need strength, you can pray to the God, okay, who is All-Sufficient. Yes? Amen? And this is what the names of God are for. And this is why they're so powerful. And when we approach the throne of grace, Emmanuel, okay, God with us. And El Roy, the God that sees. God is all seeing, He is all knowing. And in our experience in life, we may feel that we know nothing, but we know a God who knows everything. Amen. These are the, the, the truths that we can uh, know and uh, experience for ourselves. The other ones are redemptive or Jehovahistic. These are God's own personal and distinctive names. In the authorized version, the word Jehovah is used a mega times, 6,823 times at least, and is generally translated as Lord. And it means, I am that I am. That is God. Or... Uh, it signifies to be, or I will be, all that I will be. Starts with God, finishes with God. He is everything. He is the I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am, I am the way, the truth, and the life. These are the things that Jesus says about himself. And it tells us that God is eternal. It tells us that he is unchanging. He will never change. And is generally translated as Lord. Okay, these multiple redemptive names are always linked with some need of man and it's here that Jehovah uh, will be all that his people will ever need him to be. So when we come to pray, we pray to this name. This name signifies us to us how great and how mighty God is. He says of himself, The Lord is my name in Exodus 3. And this is my memorial unto all generations. So when we pray for financial needs, for example, okay, we pray in the name of 
uh, a father, your name, El Shaddai, the God who is all-sufficient. Are you seeking God to bless you financially this morning? <coughs> El Shaddai, that's your God. In matters of personal security, we pray, Father, exalt your name, Jehovah Rohoi. The Lord is my shepherd. He will never, ever leave us. He is always there for us. You come into God in his presence, and this is the God that you approach. In matters of health and healing, Lord, this is what I'm saying this morning, Father, exalt your name, Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd, but also in matters of health and healing, Jehovah Rophe, you are the Lord that heals me. My back, my hips, my knee. Shall I go on? (laughs) We come to this God who heals us. In matters of righteousness, we pray and we declare, Father, exalt your name. I I like this one. Jehovah Sidkenu. Good old Sid. You are righteous. You work righteously. And you make me righteous. When we come into the presence of our God, that name is all these things. And if we can but understand just a little of some of these things, when we come into the presence of God, we know that our God can answer all our prayers. Healing, whatever it may be. The name of the Lord is the greatest redemptive name ever to be revealed because it comprehends in a triune name. And all these redemptive names, Jehovah, all in one package. You can see that in Acts 2 and Ephesians 1. The Lord Jesus Christ is God's ordained redeemer and all Old Testament redemptive names point to find their fulfillment in him. It's a triune name for the triune God which we find in Colossians 1.19. So, redemptive, our God can redeem us. Our God has all the needs for us taken care of because his name encompasses all the things that God is. This third one is honour. This should be our motivation in everything we do. It must hold the honour of God's name at the very centre. It is his name we seek above everything else in our life. Our Father in heaven, hallowed, holy is your name. In this prayer, old and new are joined. In the Old Testament, it's a central theme about holiness, about the Israelites trying to be holy, trying to do everything, sacrificing, doing this and doing that, all to be holy. And then we come in the New Testament, we see the revelation of God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament. John Piper, he wrote these words, One does not supersede the other. It didn't for Jesus. He is holy. He is Father. Not only our prayer, but our worship, our lifestyle are shaped by this. And I think this this is it. Our lifestyle will be shaped by the the understanding that we have of God the Father. And it will also help us to understand how we should live our lives. 
I want, to ask you, I want you to ask a question. You need not ask anybody else. Just for, and I ask it to myself. What is the most important thing in your life? In other words, what are the things that you spend most doing? You'll always do, we talked about this at the men's breakfast the other week, about having time for things. And it said, we'll always have time for the things we want to do. So what are the things that you want to do? What are those things? Are those things centred towards God and his kingdom? Or are they centred more on you as an individual person? We should approach our time together with reverence and awe when we come to God. We should come with thanksgiving for all his blessings. And we should come together come to his presence with praise to speak about his greatness and his glory our approach to prayer should shape us like I said it will affect everything that we do in our life so just to conclude this morning we can see uh, God at work in history and we can recognize that we have a destiny you have a destiny and if we can understand a little bit more clearer about this prayer and how important it is and the fact that we're talking about our Father and that we are coming to him because of his name. His name says everything about him. And if we can come in that way, God will help us and strengthen us. As in the plan of redemption, it has pleased the Father that all the fullness dwell in the Son. So it has also pleased the Father that the fullness of the divine or Godhead name dwell in the Son. Everything is in the Godhead. Everything is in the Son. Everything is in the Father this morning, all that we need. So, our perspective, our Father, the promises, hallowed be your name, the priorities, your kingdom come, which will be next time. So, in closing this morning, I just, as I was thinking about this, I was just feeling that I am sure that this congregation has represented a lot of needs and a lot of things this morning. But in that name, okay, in that name, we come before him. So as we just close in prayer, if you have a need, if you need to know God as the healer, if you need to know God as the provider, if you need to know God in any area of your life this morning, something that is with you, that's been troubling you, that you need to see an answer from God, in his name, we come in his name. If you just want to stand where you are, if you want, I'm going to stand here because I want God to heal me in Jesus' name. If there's any need that represented where you are, Okay, I want you to either stand where you are or come and join with me. And then I want those people who have been coming on a Monday night, looking at the healing course and stuff, if you would come to the sides and minister to people in standing there or coming to the front, if you would do that for me, please, I would really appreciate that. So this name, in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess, okay?
him the glory of God the Father. He is the God who wants to heal you this morning. He is the God who wants to help you. I'm going to play a song as we do this. And, uh, you know, just don't concentrate so much on the song, but I'm going to play it anyway. And just come before God this morning.
beginning. One.